Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hi, welcome. Hi there. I'm Mike Sweeney. I'm Jesse Gaskell. And we're writers on The Conan Show, and it's great to be back with you. It is. On Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. And this is our season finale. It is our season finale. Wow, it's 36 episodes already. Yes, I'm going to say years, but it's just 36 <laughs> episodes. Feels like it. Yes, yes. Zipped by. <laughs> and we are- No, it has been fun. And I think, you know what? I think we've improved. Uh, yeah. From the beginning. I don't want to go back and listen to the beginning because right. that's terrifying. But I've improved by- talking less. Uh, that's always a plus. Maybe <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that too. Yeah, no, no, no. No, it's been fun. And um, we actually have, we have a great guest today. We are going to end our season the way we started it. Yes. With the, the host of our show and a guy whose name is in, in our title, not yes. Hollywood. And it's not a, it's not a coincidence. Right. They're it's, related. Yes. He employs us. Conan, <laughs> Conan O'Brien's our guest. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, we'll, we'll talk to Conan, and then at the end, uh, we're going to do some listener questions. Right. Finally, we've got a lot of good ones. Yes. We've been, for some reason, saving been them hoarding until them. <laughs> and uh, we're talking to Conan uh, for a specific reason, because uh, Conan and Ghana is about to premiere. On November 7th. Yep. And so we wanted to talk to him about uh, Wait, what went November into 7th? making it. November 7th, yeah, Thursday, okay. November 7th. Good. 11 p.m. on yes, TBS. on TBS. Everyone watches the clips online. Yeah, it's also on teamcoco.com. Right, of course. Anyway, here's Conan. What are we gabbing about that? here, gang? This is what a Hi. treat to get oh, we to see you guys. You. Isn't that great? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the show in Ghana. It's yeah. coming up. Uh, we're celebrating the year of return and your trip to Ghana. So let's yeah. talk. Yeah. That was fantastic. I had never been to Africa before. And um, we knew that it would be nice for us to acknowledge the year of return. And it just, it all lined up really nicely. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, those people listening uh, uh, who are familiar with, uh, with Mike Sweeney and Jesse Gaskell, they do a lot of the work along with Jose Arroyo and uh, a couple of other people in making these shows happen. So I, it, it worked out really well. I was very pleased. I loved going to Ghana. It was a, it was a real a fascinating experience. And I thought the people were fantastic. They were yeah. great. They were great. Every, really er, friendly. Everyone we'd talked to beforehand who had spent time in Ghana, a lot of mm -hmm. people like took a year off to just, they go there 
just for a short visit and stay a year, and everyone just was like, you're going to love it. Everyone raved about it. And yeah. how great the people are. And I had seen this. There's this amazing footage you can see, I think from 1964, when Muhammad Ali goes right. to Ghana and he lands at the airport and um, you know he's the world he's the new world champion he's very outspoken and charismatic and all of Ghana turns out everyone in Ghana mm. turns out to see this this great man uh, get off the plane and then they drive him around in an open mm. back uh, like you know truck or jeep and he's seen by everyone and there's just thousands and thousands of people there so I was convinced I would get the same <laughs> right, right, right. I was I, I kept thinking when I as the plane was getting close, get ready. Like maybe we can't see them now because they're hiding. <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise. It's a surprise, and and what kind of open vehicle? Mm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and what's your Muslim name going to be? Yeah, my Muslim name. I had to figure that out. <laughs> a lot of work. So, um, so uh, not quite the reception Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. got. Um, uh, to but yeah, but I would say. Uh, Somewhat proportional. <laughs> <laughs> to your boxing ability. Yes. Yeah, to my boxing ability. I got the, uh, let's just say I got the welcome I deserved. Um, <laughs> Please my, welcome the champion of his office. Yeah. And we had, uh, one of the things that was great was um, from Veep, this hilarious, uh, he's an actor, improviser, sketch performer, writer, uh, Sam Richardson. Right. Uh, he... Mm-hmm. We had found out that um, you guys found out that he had roots in Ghana. And so just on a total Hail Mary, we said, is there any chance he would come with Mm -hmm. me? And he said, yes. He is such a delightful guy. Yeah. He was hilarious. I mean, the second – I had interviewed him before, and he'd been great – but you never knew who someone's really going to be until right. you're hanging out with them in an airport. Yeah. Yes. Lo- you know, airport. <laughs> Lots uh, of y- yeah, hours it, of layover. You lay yeah. over until you're on a layover. And he was hilarious and friendly right away. Couldn't be a nicer person. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so quick. I mean, just, just uh, – so fast mm-hmm. uh, in in his improv, and it uh, helped that we paid for his trip. I think that really <laughs> when he put a well, smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, he he liked it. He got. Yeah. I think he yes he and and he hadn't been there in a, in a long time. No, so since he, he was yeah. I think he was there when he was he, like nineteen or yeah. something. It'd been a while, like fifteen years. Yeah, and years. he and also he. Um, it, it's funny because you can see in the special that I'm. I have this expectation that he's going to be my cultural ambassador, mm-hmm. right? And very quickly, I'm like, "So tell me, what is this?" And he goes, like, "I don't know." Yeah, <laughs> I live. I lived in Detroit, uh, right. and I'm like, "Now tell me of this." And he went, what do you mean? Tell me if this is a KFC? Yeah, you idiot. He did uh, know that one. Yeah. yeah, he knew KFC was a KFC, mm-hmm. uh, but. Um, uh, it's and, and and he was just the perfect, you know. We we like to find um, as we did in Korea mm-hmm. when we can get it when we can get someone who's showing me the lay of the land. Yeah, we know, took Stephen Yun. To Korea. Yeah, we took right. Stephen Yun, and and when when we can get uh, someone who is. Um, you know, and and both times we got a bullseye with somebody who's as Steven Yeun is as well, really funny and uh, savvy and also culturally sort of hooked in and mm-hmm. a great, uh, just a great improv partner. So He was great. Yeah. And Steven Yeun sweetheart. Yeah. was similar to Sam in that he he's like, I haven't been, <laughs> been here in a while. And he, yeah, yeah. he didn't know the language too well. Right, right. He didn't know the language too well. But he he actually, he knew a lot of things. Right. Uh, he had he had friends that were cult- that were connected into the social yes. media in, in Korea. So that helped. Yeah. And, well, and in uh, both cases, I think they helped us say like, 
oh, you know, I think this is, like, we didn't want to ever do anything inadvertently offensive. Right. And so it's right. nice to have someone who's more familiar. Yes. Right. But and very then, sensitive. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. Like, oh, I yeah, don't. When we're offensive, we want it to be on purpose. Exactly. Right. Right. Uh, on our terms. And, and, so, and we'd like to announce now that uh, I'm going to be shown around uh, France by Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu, who I hear is uh, a little cranky, uh, but that he can eat 600 eggs in one sitting. Uh, that, have to keep- that can't, shouldn't even be a joke. That should be pursued. Yeah. No, no. It's, wouldn't that be great? Gerard, all uh, costs. Sort of a... Uh, uh, and, and Gerard Depardieu not quite knowing who I am and not knowing what this is all about and being clearly upset about it. Yes. And then we yeah. take breaks every now and then for him, for him to swallow a giant boiled ham <laughs> and then lay there like, jug a, of wine. like a snake <laughs> that swallowed a bank safe, just rubbing his belly. <laughs> oh, we're waiting for him to recover. And then he's at back up again. <laughs> 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 He's constantly, you know, getting us into trouble. <laughs> now that would be great—a a travel show where we pair up with a total disaster. Yeah, yeah. who's you know. not accepted by their country? Yeah, someone who yeah. their own country is not sure. <laughs> or take um, someone who has not even relate. Like go to France with Nick Nolte, you know, and just yeah, doesn't even have a relationship to the country. Oh, who's oh, here? Oh, I'm having some coffee oh, brought in coffee. by uh, an in uh, an intern on the show who uh, Mike is from New Jersey. Oh, that's exciting. And Mike, I bring that up because Mike, anytime New Jersey comes up, he's immediately like, you know. Yeah, I get really super excited. Are you from Ridgefield? (laughs) Well, I I can't There's a dealership near there that sells Kias. I think you're jealous of my knowledge. That's near the interstate. Of all parts of Jersey and its infrastructure. Bye. I didn't find out where she was from. God damn. No. No, he does. He is obsessed with all. I'm just as me shaking. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, just, that's me jumping up this is me jumping up and down with a full bladder if you do a travel show in New Jersey I will be your Gerard Gepardieu you know we should, yeah. <laughs> you would get us in trouble with your strange riffs um, you know uh, your references what's, uh, what's your coffee drink of choice Conan it's just a coffee. Uh, this is oh, not my coffee drink coffee? of okay. choice. Mm-hmm. Regular Joe for a regular Joe. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you guys have a nice, uh, smooth banter. Yeah, uh, back and forth. <laughs> That's right. You know, I have to say, I don't. We have to. Fill we the mostly time. play jazs. You, um, you're filling up <laughs> on my on my podcast. Uh, Sona's there, and um, and there's just constant. And then Gorley, uh, the producer who enrages me, and so there's a lot of us just getting angry with each other or accusing mm. each other of terrible crimes. <laughs> and then I come in here and it's this sure. peaceful environment. Very peaceful. Yeah. 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 Talk about eggs. <laughs> we do. Um, no, I'm very excited about Ghana. And we've, one of the things that's uh, interesting about this trip is enough time went by between the shooting of it and the, and the putting it together that right. it's a nice surprise for me when I'm watching mm-hmm. them. I'm kind of, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that, oh, You're hey. like an audience member. Right. Yeah, yeah, because I, my, uh, sh- my memory is going very quickly. Because we're screening, uh, we screen segments after the regular show to, to try to get a feel. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit down a version. See what's working and mm-hmm. not working. And yeah. We're always surprised. But yeah, so. Well, we, we should explain experience. why what the delay was because we went to Ghana in June, and then we were working on the show. Right, it was going to air. But then the then President Trump announced yes. that he was interested. This is, by the way, 
Um, President Trump is up to so many hilarious <laughs> hijinks that this is uh, 600 goofy things that he said or did ago. But there was a moment in time when he announced that he was interested in buying Greenland. So we rushed to Greenland to try and secure the purchase. We threw yes. that trip together in three days. Mm-hmm. In three days. We rushed over there. And, and then that had to air right away before uh, Trump did seven other silly things. <laughs> right. He married an Austrian. That was right, before right. impeachment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we before were, impeachment, yeah. In the old days, you'd be like, oh, you've got three or four weeks to get that right. out. Yeah. Right. In the old days, you know, <laughs> if uh, Jimmy Carter uh, hit a rabbit with an oar, <laughs> uh, look it up, kids. It really happened. It happened. Uh, he was in oh, a I canoe. He was in a canoe it and a rabid... Uh, rabbit, I'm not even kidding, a rabbit that was had some kind of disease, jumped in the water and started swimming what? directly towards his canoe. And tr- and and um, this was when Carter- This out of the Holy Grail. This is what? like 1979, and Carter really didn't need this kind of publicity at the time because people were questioning, is he a, he's not really a cool president, yeah. and he seems ineffectual, and he seems kind of, uh, you know, we're not buying it anymore. And then there's this great photographers <laughs> were on the shore, and you see Carter whacking- at this rabbit that's swimming towards him with little its little teeth out and it's got foam coming out its mouth and and he's whacking at this rabbit now Jesse, I'm, we're telling you as a as a much younger person there was a time when you could live off that for a year but uh, Trump would do that today. Yeah. That would be a meme for a second. Mm-hmm. And every late night show would do their quick rabbit bit, probably mm-hmm. us included. And then the next day at a formal ceremony, he would give an ostrich the Congressional Medal of Honor. <laughs> and then the ne- day after that, he would inadvertently fire a gun in the Oval Office and kill the prime minister to Austria. And you're just like, what? okay. And people would forget about the uh, whatever he did the first day. Yeah. Yeah. The rabbit loved me. It sounds so quaint. But back to the issue at hand, which is uh, we were on Ghana. Yeah, we really back to Ghana. Yeah, but Ghana was um, fantastic trip, and uh, also I love it when I clearly I love being a fish out of water. I think that um, there's two things I really love about this Ghana show. Um, Obviously, there's the comedy of just I am. Uh, the whitest person ever. And I'm, uh, people are just, as we found when we went to Haiti, there are people that just are fascinated with my freckles mm-hmm. and my hair. Your hair was a big hit. Hair yeah. was a big hit. And and there's this great guy who was talking to us and he was so fascinated with my hair. And he's like, it's like feathers. Yes. It looks like feathers. <laughs> and then he was looking at my um he was so funny. He was looking at my freckles, and he was like, are you well? Are you okay? And I'm like, yes, these are called freckles. And he clearly thought that I, I needed a, a bone marrow transplant, right. yeah. that my immune system was failing. I, you think were people, like, I think people were worried that it was contagious, too. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. And and it may be. Uh, <laughs> and you were like, do you think I'm dying? Yeah. Facetiously, and he goes, maybe. 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 <laughs> he was hilarious. Just There's stuff like that that's very funny. And, and then there's also the, um, you know, uh, the importance of I, one of the things, and there's no obviously it's not comedic at all, but bumping into we bumped into a large group of uh, Americans uh, who are descended from mm-hmm. uh, from from people that were you know enslaved and taken from Africa forcibly, mm-hmm. and they've come back and they were part of this big group that was incredibly meaningful. Just hearing what it meant for them. To come here, they were so impressive, these people. And there was this woman, I want to say, 
I don't know if she was maybe 20. Mm -hmm. There was this woman who, or she may even have been younger. She could have been 18. But she just said um, how important it was for her to come back to Ghana because she said, my whole life I've been aware every day of my life of the color of my skin. And then she said, I came here to Ghana and I don't think about it because... Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's and, the and, first right. time she's ever been somewhere that she wasn't right. And I had the experience of we went once to a, a nightclub, mm-hmm. and I went into it, and I think I was the only white person there. Yeah, and you guys came in behind me, but I remembered walking. It was in. also a very hip group. It was a very hip people. group of these just gorgeous people, and I walk in, and I'm the only uh, white-skinned person there, and it was. I had this moment of this is how they feel, mm-hmm. you know, wh- if they're in uh, so many different areas of the United States. And I had that feeling of, oh, I'm very aware yeah. of what I look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I don't know, that was that was part of this trip that was this added bonus of clearly it was very powerful. We, t- we went with Sam to one of the castles. I think they, they call them castles, but basically it right. was or a fortress. Fortress. Yeah. Fortress. a fortress where they, where they kept the slaves, the enslaved people before they, they were shipped, uh, you know, forced to get into ships. And go across the Atlantic. And go across the Atlantic. And uh, so we went there and, you know, it was... Obviously, you can't go to a place like that without it being very powerful. And I'm I'm there with Sam, and mm-hmm. at one point, um, you know that that was really powerful. They this guide said, "Would you like to go down and see the dungeon where people were jailed? You know, like hundreds and hundreds of." And Sam said, "I can't." You know, and I, I think mm-hmm. he had he had seen it once before. Right. I think he had seen it once before, and it was he just didn't couldn't go back down there. And and I was like, okay, this is. Without getting too heavy, there's so much about people can approach the slavery in this country as like academic, you know. Yeah. Yes, I'm aware it, that between theoretic, theoretical, yeah. you know, it was, it was fift, from 15 or from 16, you know, 04 to, and then of course the slave trade stops, but the slavery doesn't really end until 1864, and then we've got Reconstruction, and it becomes this very dry. It can become very dry, and then you're here, and you're like, oh my god. Oh my God, it's very, yeah. very powerful. Right. And so I'm, I, I was very glad. I like it. We've had travel shows that are complete silliness, mm-hmm. um, like the trip to Italy with Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all sugar calories. And those are fun, and I, I do love and appreciate those. But when there is an opportunity to um, sort of be a human being and, and, uh, get to feel things that are that powerful and have that coexist with comedy and not, and, and have them coexist naturally. I love that. I, I think yeah. that's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. It's a nice balance. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's something that's unique about these travel shows that we've done is we do find that a lot right. and, and try to bring in something that might be, I don't want to say educational, but just. Right. Well, also it's not even, cause I, I, I'm, you know, uh, wary. I think we're all wary, but I'm very wary of being a lecturer. I never want to be that. But there are times when it's so natural to just, for for me to be learning. It's almost like people are watching me learn and yeah. experience something. And so it, 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 it's not me lecturing or 
uh, talking, you know, telling people this is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's, I think it just, I love it when it happens in an organic way, as I think it did in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were so many trips that we've taken. Uh, in, Armini, and in Armenia. Armenia. With Sona. With Sona, where you're sort of seeing me get into this situation that is probably 80% silliness and fun, but then... Uh, yeah, just as a human being, you see me confronting uh, uh, past wrongs or pain or things that are, or things that are also actually really beautiful and, and you know, not in the end and of themselves funny, but culturally just amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I like when the shows, you don't know what you're going to get all the time. And that's, I think, one of my favorite things about the travel shows is that when I come home, I mean, I have a room at home where I have, I always wanted a, like an old desk where I would one day write my great works. <laughs> and um, of course- I'm a typewriter. That, that, yeah. And, and it was the year 2000 book. It's 1995. <laughs> <laughs> Paperback. Uh, out of to, print. Out of print. Um, but, uh, but no, I always, I, I always when, even when I was a kid in a nerdy way, I wanted, I used to dream, you know, other kids would dream about you know, I'm going to hit a home run with the Yankees or, you know, whatever. And my dream was like, I'm going to have a desk where I settle my, where I settle my affairs. I really did want to have, I swear to God, and I would sometimes think about. And, and a I special would, stamp. Yes. No, I, I loved, I really wanted to be a mid-level yeah. bureaucrat, you know. I'll have a stamp and I'll deny people the, to their papers because it's after five. And um, I really wanted to be like a mid-level functionary. And, what an uh, attainable dream. I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, so, Aiming high. So, yeah, aim right for the low middle, <laughs> and you will maybe get there. So I, um, when I finally uh, was able to get a house, and I, there was a room, and I said to Li- Liza, said to me, this could be your study. And I was like, I could have a study. And she was like, yeah, you could, you could have a study, you nerd. <laughs> and so I got a nice desk. But one, the reason I'm bringing all this up is that from every travel show since the first one, Cuba, I've brought things back, mm-hmm. and I I put them in strategic places around the room. So I really love that my room is becoming like you walk in there and you see, oh, what are these? All these tin badges? Those are bus driver badges that I bought mm-hmm. at a mm-hmm. a flea market in Cuba, and they're badges that people that drove the buses in Havana right. wore in like 1948 and 1950. Mm-hmm. No, this was actually post-revolution, so it would have been in the 60s, but. I have a couple. I have a bunch of those. I have uh, an armband that you're supposed to wear if you're working near the DMZ in Korea that you tie around. Right. And, yeah. and the press. The press. It's a press stuff. thing, and it says in Korea, like, "Don't shoot me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm allowed to be here." So I have that. I have from Greenland. Someone gave me a model of the pl- of the plane. That we flew around in Greenland. Oh, yeah. oh right, right, right. Mm-hmm. In Greenland, the Air, Air Greenland. Greenland. Air Greenland. Yes. So I have that on my desk. This red model of a plane with two engine prop plane that just says Air Greenland. And <laughs> That's great. Um, no one and else has that. No one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I covet that. Like the Florida yeah. Lee you got from Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, the, no, the, yeah. <laughs> from the big. Yeah, that's coming. The ha- the, the ham bone <laughs> that was excreted. That, that was excreted by Ger- he eats he eats the ham whole and oh, then excretes no. the bone <laughs> and not through his anus. We'll tell you more about that later. 
later. Watch the show. You Watch the show. Uh, but um, he can detach his jaw. <laughs> just so that's another thing he can do. <laughs> and then the and jaw. he just sticks it in like a Flintstone. Yeah, but I I really loved this place is filling up, and and I've got this hand fan that a woman gave me in Ghana, mm-hmm. and. Um, at one point, it was really hot, and right. I bought this fan. Oh, and yeah, so I remember that. I just started yeah. fanning this woman, yeah. and she was laughing because I just stood there fanning her mm-hmm. really hard for a long time. And she, you could tell she was laughing, but also really appreciated yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> this, this, uh, this you were rid- useful. ridiculous figure fanning her. <laughs> and um, I don't know if that's in the show or if we actually just— um, I, don't I don't think, think it so. Is. But, no, I but, think it was no, maybe we posted on Instagram. No, we posted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was no acts po- of generosity. Yeah, it was very popular, right? Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, just because it was this ridiculous. It was on a loop, like a boomerang yeah, oh, right, yeah. right, right, of me. Right, just right. and this woman's just right. laughing, and I'm, um, you know, being an idiot, but actually providing some, finally, some use, <laughs> briefly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that's. That's, soon you won't leave that room. It'll be like, Dad. Well, soon I won't be able to leave that there. room. Right, right. <laughs> I'll be a, like a hoarder that's trapped exactly. because my Gerard Depardieu uh, ham fell and chachis. blocked the door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were trying to think of some funny kind of behind the scenes things. Right. Because um, it is called Inside Conan. It is. Exactly. Um, we well one thing I I loved was uh, we we tended to eat lunch really late every day right like we, and then we just eat on the bus because right. we were starving and and we're always it's always there's no breaks scheduled usually no that's yeah. that's the other thing I will stress <laughs> that I think would surprise most people is we work really hard we work around the clock and there are so many times where we're standing around a van and we've been told that they've got lunch for you. And it's, um, it, it's, and this has happened in many, many, many countries yeah. where it's just like, yes, lunch is here. And they, they, you look at, it, it's like a shred of some kind of beef or something. And they're <laughs> right. like, eat that and shut up. Or like a single <laughs> yeah, slice luxurious. of cheese. No, yeah. and, and you do. You eat it and you shut up and then uh, you're on to the next thing. But it's go, 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 go. There's really no time. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I but was, in Ghana we well, I think it was one of the first days, and we ate at this place called Papaya that was right. fried chicken, and you would get we like all chicken in this it. hot sauce, and oh we my, just loved yes. it yeah. so much. That's all we ate. The but rest then of we the ordered week. it for the entire rest of the week. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a um, fast food. Well, you know, it's it's called. I think it's, they were considered fast food, but it's nicer than fast food. Yeah, you and sit you, down. And you eat sit there. down, and they bring you your order. Uh, and they bring you your order on a tray, but my God, it was so amazing. And so we um, we had it. And then I think they tried to give us something else. And we were like, no, <laughs> papaya. Where, where's papaya? <laughs> and we need the sauce. And you got hooked on the sauce. Oh, I brought back so much sauce. Right. They, they shook I, you down I at bought, the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so sad. Like instead of cocaine or it, it was uh, 600 packets <laughs> of this hot sauce fell out of you. <laughs> out of, literally out of Literally me. out of you. Yeah. It was secreted on your body, and that's all we have to say. That's pretty descriptive. Um, you also, I, I thought our listeners might want to hear, because you, I know, bring some specific things when you travel. You bring some of your own food, 
like breakfast food. I did. You know, well, it's funny. How, I get on these different. I get on these different kicks, and um, there was a there was a kick that I was into for a while. That that uh, I mean, I, I always like I try like the latest diet fad, not diet fad, but just nutrition fad, mm-hmm. and I'll get really into it. And so there was this time which. I think I've kept some of it, but someone convinced me, you need to keep your metabolism up at all times, which means you have to have hundreds of small snacks during the day. <laughs> and, 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 and you have to drink incredible amounts of water. But it was all about getting your nutrition. I mean, I think there's your, your, um, your body temperature, you know, your, your metabolism up. So I had these like packets of peanut butter and jelly and stuff that. That's what I remember. And, and they were yeah. just, you know, I would I would have them like in my back pocket, and I would have them in my <laughs> suitcase, and just and 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 like a lizard, you know, would be doing something, and I'd be like, hmm, it's been twenty minutes, and I take out this packet. <laughs> give and me s- my goo. Give me my n- n- my nutritious <laughs> goo, and I would suck on this thing and go. And and um and then of course you're just like oh that's. I made a pact, like, no, I'm not, I don't want to do that anymore. Ah, I, I was wondering, mm. you're saying past tense. Oh, yeah. No, no, because I don't, I've, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I just <laughs> feel like it's, I feel so lame. You're always sucking on past. No, was. no, I know, but I, 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 I stopped. I just was ah, like, I'm done. Okay. I don't want to do that anymore. Now, look, that's not to say that I won't get into some other. Oh, yeah, something new is coming. Think, I think these I entertain me in a way, so <laughs> I'm sure I'll get into another thing, and it'll be, uh, you know, I need to have veal. I need to have a veal cutlet <laughs> yeah, every eleven minutes, meat. and it's I. So I wear these medallions, these veal medallions, around my neck on raw a chain, it's and I just eat them up. You know, it's weeks away. Well, but it is. I mean, it's an incredible feat because we're all there and we experience the same flight that you did. It's always a long flight, and you're jet lagged, and you're in a different time zone. Um, maybe people pick up a virus on the plane, but then you actually have to go in front of the camera and be high energy with right. strangers. You know what is, uh, and I'm, this is going to sound like a joke, and it's not a joke, but I am. Uh, I do have a good work ethic, but so does everyone at this table. I, I mean, I, frankly, I don't know what your work <laughs> ethic is. Kevin, our producer. Okay. Yeah, Kevin, but I, I swear to God, I have no idea, you know, you know, clearly, He's a very cool cat. Clearly, a millennial. <laughs> He's never voted. Never voted in his life. Um, this is, uh, He's his, vegan. Yeah, I'm sure. No, he, just, he really is. He asked me who oh. Jimmy Carter was. I mean, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Young, young, young. Yeah. No, I could, I could tell. But uh, most of the people I work with have a really good work ethic. I think I have a really strong work ethic, and that I got from my parents. But I would say the other thing that helps me a lot is uh, I have a kind of a neediness. <laughs> that helps, which is I really need things to be funny. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not making, if I'm not being funny with someone, it really bothers me. And so I think that's the thing because I know when we were in Australia, I've looked at the footage. I got really <laughs> sick in Australia. Yes. And I had a fever and was sweating through my shirt and getting really bad chills. chills. I yeah. got chills so bad at one point. 
and that I couldn't hit the elevator button and I needed you guys to help me. That my, was still so scary because I thought you were doing a bit. And yeah. You thought I was stop. doing a bit and I couldn't stop shaking. And that's how you're going to die is your people will think you're doing a bit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Like, <laughs> uh, I, I was like, like uh, Dick Sean on stage. <laughs> Look it up, kids. This, um, this joke, I just got out and took the stairs. I'm like, I mean, what is with the shakes? I'm sticking around for this. But anyway. Well, you had to do a live show there, no, which I think. Yeah, we had a live in, show to in do. In front of a giant in a giant giant uh, theater. theater and but i was that didn't help i was um but then i've seen the remotes that i did while i was sick and i have no i'm on the beach i'm running mm-hmm. around and i realized that no it's just i'm so afraid of i get in those situations and i i'm i can't just i don't know i'm i'm I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, it's the opposite of a humble brag. There's probably something not great about me that <laughs> for that's not that's a flaw in my character that makes me try really hard to compensate. <laughs> it sounds like in an interview, like tell me your greatest <laughs> yes. weakness. Well, it's that I work too hard. You're right, but you know what I mean. No, I, yeah, I, I do have a. You you almost I, find it as a personal challenge. I think sometimes if something's not. Like immediately eliciting comedy, then it's right. you double down. Then I double down, yeah. and then you guys are like, "Wow, you really <laughs> worked so hard, and you really tried so hard." And I'll think, "Yeah, it's not for a good reason." <laughs> There's some uh, amount of ego and also deep insecurity involved. Well, the, mm-hmm. when we hit the ground, it, you kind of like if you run into somebody who's fun to talk to. It just kind of cracks things open right yeah. away. Yeah. If if we you're jet lagged and you get out there and it's a little slow going and initially, it's, dry. it's yeah. like it's it's doubly exhausting. Well, also there are you can always it doesn't happen much, but there are times where we've been shooting a remote in just um, in, in the United States, or we're shooting a remote that's right here at Warner Brothers or right at Thirty Rock, and you're not getting. You're panning for gold and you're not right. getting it. Right. And there's this feeling of, you know what, let's walk away. Right. And it's very little ventured, very little game. But it's like it wasn't a big – you didn't take a big swing. Right. But when yeah. you – when everyone gets their passports <laughs> and everyone goes and, and gets – And goes and gets shots at the doctor and, and flights are booked and – this whole apparatus is put into motion and we all say farewell to our loved ones and then get on six flights and go someplace and cross time zones and land and you're there and you're like, hey, here's a here's a guy. Hey, excuse me, sir, you know, where can I get a hat like that? Huh? Where can I get a hat like that? I don't know what to do. The hat. And we're all looking at each other and then someone's like, well, go over and try and get that guy's hat. And then, no. And then, oh, wait, this isn't clicking and everyone's looking at each other. Pure panic. I go into a very, very dark place of... The hat bit didn't work. And then Jose will come up to me and go, there's a there's an old one man on there over there on crutches. What if you what if you mocked his hat? And I'm like, I'm not gonna mock a guy on crutches. And Jose will be like, Well, I, I didn't know those were crutches. He has no legs, Jose. I didn't see that. And then we're just all standing there with And then sometimes you just go, Okay, you know what? Just tell me what to do. Like yeah. you go the other way. Like, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. I'll do it. Yeah, but, that, that's But that's me never the up. case. Well <laughs> the point is it's uh there always has to be I like my favorite part of a travel show is when you have a couple of good ones under your belt. Mm-hmm. A couple of good remotes, and I feel then you like can relax. then yeah. I can relax, and then everything we get is gold. Is, right. is not gold, but it's 
it's found, meaning right. if this doesn't work, I know we have you, a decent you, show. We have, you have two, yeah. And even just having only two good segments, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I, yeah. we, we're getting there. It, and that's never, I mean, we that never hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> what a crazy thing to say. Uh, <laughs> this ship will never sink. <laughs> if we eliminate that from this podcast, does the jinx still hold? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, it, it's, it's, you're sort of on the precipice right. of a cliff every time. You know, yeah. hoping well, I, have a, I have an example, which is one of my open. really probably the original travel show should be considered Finland because yes. Mike Sweeney and I went to Finland. This is before you were born, Jesse, but <laughs> 2006. Um, what is Finland? Yeah. In 2006. And, uh, we went there and it was this just really, uh, funny, amazing trip, this real happening. And it's a long story, but basically I'd become part of the news, part of involved in the election. And so we really leaned into it and then it became a news story in Finland. And then I went to Finland and there was a big crowd at the airport and there was a big scene and it it was really fun. And Mm -hmm. it was our first exposure to, oh my God, I love doing these silly, this Mm -hmm. is really, whatever this is, I love Mm -hmm. this. And I, and, but we had a moment in Finland where we went up to the Arctic Circle. And so Sweeney and I and our camera crew and everyone, we go, and and Jeff Ross is there, and we go all the way up to the Arctic Circle, and we go to this this guy who apparently is like a reindeer. He has like a reindeer. He's, he's a herder. Herder. And he herds reindeer. reindeer herder. So we walk out, and just imagine it's the tundra. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. And then <laughs> nothing so- Nothing even grows there. Nothing grows there. So tundra this, would have been something. Tundra would have been nice. Now, this is just this white, 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 white. Nothingness. <laughs> and then in the far distance, you could see these reindeer. And then about a quarter of a mile past, you can see for like 20 miles. And then a quarter of a mile past the reindeer, like a small ridge line of trees. And the reindeer are just sitting there. And they're, they're, just, sta- I mean, they're just standing there. Uh, and you can barely make them out. And I'm standing next to this man who speaks no English. And remember, he looked like the actor Charles Bronson. It's and, snowing. And it's slightly snowing. Oh. And he's wearing all this, like a fur hat and everything. And Sweeney deposits me next to the guy <laughs> and then backs away. <laughs> of backs, course. Backs away. In my snowshoes. Gets he, in the van. He backs away. And I the, disappear and, into and a the camera, the cameramen are <laughs> the cameramen are about 15 feet away with a wide lens. They're like 15, 20 feet away. And, Swe- and then Sweeney's standing behind the camera crew and he goes, Okay, have fun. Do it. Do it. Go. Make it and happen. I look at the guy and I'm like, so you heard reindeer? And he goes, oh. And I go, you heard reindeer? And he's like, hey, hey. And I'm like, are those reindeer over there? Oh. And I look over and Sweeney's making a gesture like, keep going. Think of something. Stretch. Stretch. This is the, the we're, you know, and I. More snow's on the way. Hurry up. I remembered. I gestured. I tried yes. with the guy for five minutes. Then I gestured to Sweeney to come over. And he comes over. What's and up? And trudges over and he goes, what's up? And I said, you managed to find the perfect comedy vacuum. Yes. Yep. No comedy can exist in this space. Because I've always said. Uh, Boulder com- Dash. Yeah. My first, one of my first rules for comedy is compression. Like we're yeah. in a small room right now. And this is something mm-hmm. I learned from Dana Carvey, but you want comedy compression. You want a, a small area so that laughs and humor can bounce off the wall. Mm. And it's a chemical reaction. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's physics. You want something 
to happen in this small space. So Sweeney found a guy who doesn't speak English in the largest open space available. They and uh, and and there was. Nothing like, yeah. let's say there had been a tiny laugh. It would have immediately <laughs> frozen and then sucked. been sucked up into the sky. <laughs> there, it ended up being funny. <laughs> I, I'm sure. But well, well, I also, remember, it was Andrew Weinberg and Michael Komen. Oh, yeah. The other two writers. Andrew Weinberg and Michael yeah. Komen, yeah. 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 But anyway. I, was, I am totally spreading the blame. <laughs> the was, three of us came over to you, and you're like, we're in a vacuum. But I will give you a good inside scoop, which is, because um, people love inside stuff about The Simpsons. One of the Simpsons writers that I worked with, who was kind of my boss at The Simpsons, uh, one of my bosses, Mike Reese. Um, if you're a Simpsons fan, you'll know the name. But Mike Reese, one of the great Simpsons He's writers of hilarious. all time, and a hilarious guy. Mike Reese, um, he and his wife travel everywhere in the world, and his thing that he loves to do is go to places that no one's ever been to before. Mm-hmm. So he went up to the Arctic Circle. And there's a place that they say is Santa's workshop. Mm. Right. And so he went to Santa's workshop with his wife, and it's this really obscure place, and nobody knows about it. And you wait in a long line, and then you get to sit, not so much on Santa's knee if you're an adult, but you get to stand with Santa and like mm-hmm. ask him questions. And it's a guy dressed like Santa who's from <laughs> Finland. Mm. And he worked his way all the way up the line, and he gets to the Santa's throne in this really obscure part of the Arctic Circle. And he looks off, and he thinks, I've made it. And he looks off to the side, and there's a, pic- a framed picture there of the Santa with me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and he's like, Conan? What the fuck is Conan doing? And he's like, damn it! And he took a picture of the picture, and and sent it to me, and he's like, "You, I can never <laughs> escape you." I just love that, and I've had friends that have been to Cuba and gone to that uh, restaurant that yeah. we went to in Cuba. That was that right, was, and they go there, and they and we jokingly on the hung wall. your photo yeah. on the we wall, hunt, and they've kept yeah, it up. That's and great. I've had friends that are like, "I, I snuck in, and I, I found this really obscure restaurant, and I went to the top of the stairs, and then <laughs> the first picture is me, you know, uh, grinning like an idiot." Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that Mike Reese wanted his photo taken with Santa. I know. Waited in the sure line. Sure he does. Sure. Yeah. Who doesn't? All oh. right. Well, anyway, yeah. I'm very excited about We got off the track a little bit, but I think I do think Ghana's- uh, It's a special one. It's a special yeah. one. And, and they're all different in their own yeah. way, but I think there's a lot of- um, I was just very delighted. I'd love to go back to Africa. There's, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, it's just absurd. You can't go to one place in Africa right. and say, well, I did Africa. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's like, well, I've done the United States. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I went right. to Orlando. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, but I really love this episode. And so I hope yeah. people, uh, we're very excited about it. Yeah. Check it out. I love it so much. Yeah. I was, had agreed. to drop by. Oh. Inside code. Uh, contractually. You know what I wish? I wish I had, um, I had a colonoscopy a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, and I went, oh my God. So I actually have, we can fo- get that footage. I have footage inside Conan. Oh. Clean oh. as a whistle, everybody. Clean Good. as a whistle. Oh, Some diverticulitis, small little pockets, mm. but that happens. Just avoid those. Any pockets? Polyps? Uh, no, no polyps. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank oh. you. They found three um, <laughs> hot sauce packets <laughs> from Ghana. Oh. No peanut I'm butter gonna, and jellies. I'm going to need those. <laughs> yeah, don't trust me. I'm having them extracted. They're going to do. An, they're going to win through the abdomen to get those for you. Well, you that buried the lead. That truly was the best hot sauce I've ever had. I love Ghanaian so, hot sauce is so good. Just settle down. <laughs> I've never seen you this animated. I'm sorry. She, she's excited about uh, it. Also, I do thank you for, for doing this. I, I love that... Uh, that you guys do this podcast. I think it's very cool. It's uh, 
I'm, I'm, as you know, a narcissist. So the fact, sure. that, so the fact that <laughs> we mention, that, try to mention you every we, ten minutes. Yeah, the fact that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I know that a lot of my um, insane dark secrets are spilling forth mm. in the show, and I think ultimately that's good. No, we still work here, so you know that that stuff's for another day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm getting the sense that you haven't listened to the podcast. No, I, no I've, I've, I've heard, I've been steered towards Third some hand. very good segments. Um, yeah, I Jeff Ross is like. Oh. Oh, yeah, the interview, the yeah. great interview with Jeff Ross. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, thank you, Conan, for stopping Thanks, by. Conan. You know, I... Um, and you're I like very to busy. No, actually. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I was in another room talking about myself and my work. Especially when they said, would you like to do that in a room that has microphones? The, and I yeah. said, sure. <laughs> this is a five-hour inside Conan. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. thank you. You know, I don't think Conan talking to Conan was enough. Let's do some listener questions. Yeah, let's hear from people who actually like us. <laughs> uh, so, Eduardo from Florianopolis, Brazil. Wow. That sounds like a beautiful place, just yes. based on the name and nothing else. Florianopolis. Yeah. Um, hey, Jesse and Mike, I've been watching the show for over 10 years now, and every now and then Conan will joke about budgetary limitations. Uh, with that in mind, what are the most expensive elements of the show? Is there anything that would be surprising from the viewer standpoint? Oh, well, the ties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Conan's nightly ties are, and, and then extrapolate from there. Imagine what his underwear costs, and yeah. socks. It's it's ridiculous. There is a prop um, that just busted a budget. Yes, on, on props our, can be expensive. They can be very expensive if, they, if they're handcrafted. In the Ghana show, we make a fake movie trailer. Yes. Um, based on a movie poster. It's a long story. It's a lot to explain. It's sort of, you had to be there. But yes. you, it'll make sense if you watch the Ghana it show. It will make sense. And if you watch a show, you'll see a giant dinosaur bird puppet. Uh, of course, that would be in the Ghana show. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> We um, we had that made, and the special— Well, you ordered it. I, I, in an email. But then I, there was sort of some mis miscommunication about— There was no communication. <laughs> yeah. He said, oh, you know, it was over break. It's like, just a heads up, and we'll we'll get back into this after the break. But an eager beaver over the break— Yes. —ran with it uh -huh. and made a giant— puppet of a dinosaur like bird. full-scale, pterodactyl full scale. size. Yeah. It, it was supposed to be kind of full-scale, but but there were pulleys and levers to make its wings flap and to make its mouth go and to make the tail go. And and it, they, they had to pay people overtime, I think. Exactly, because they were rushing it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> even though we didn't need it for, it turns out, for three months. And... Uh, How much it did it cost, end up costing? I think it cost like $15,000. Oh <laughs> and when you see it, you, let's just say, I don't know if the money is on the screen. <clears throat> the money's somewhere, but not on the screen. So oh, that was a we but got. So now we, I, Jeff keeps telling us we have to find other ways to use the bird. Jeff, our executive producer, has, yeah, had a field day. I, I think he. Kind of relishes. He does. The money's worth it to like him. This. Just exactly. that he can shit on you for it. Yes, which he's been doing. He's been sending me almost every day photos yeah. of the bird backstage. So yeah. it's uh, been debilitating for me. 
Well, yeah. Right. So props cost a lot. And then I was yeah. going to say um, casting else? also. Casting can get really expensive. Because we pay the actors to come in for the day. Right. And if, if you have a big group scene or something, right. that can really get up there. Yes. Which is actually why we end up casting so many of our staffers and stuff. Yes. Besides and also, the fact that they're often performers themselves. And already in the building. But that's why. So you don't have to pay them to show up to work that day. Right. Exactly. You can the, just put them in. Uh, yes, uh, and that's the other thing. Sometimes we'll cast something with a lot of people mm-hmm. and rehearse it, and then it'll be like, oh, you know, we don't have time for it today. Yeah, and then it gets cut. And then, ugh, that's a lot of money down right. the drain. Right. So casting, yeah. go into acting. And you have to buy the actor's lunch and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. They, they always uh, really milk it. Yes. You could, so you can make a good living as an actor and never get on TV. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you go to a show. If you play your cards right. If you work on a show that... If you if you only Doesn't get cast in my sketches, worked out. Ha ha. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay, here. Do you want to read? Uh, sure. Jonathan Days. I'm just checking this one out. He has okay. a. He's asking about an old character. The character was a cactus playing. We didn't start the fire on a violin. It was just so silly that I laughed and laughed, and I've literally been hooked on Conan shows ever since. <laughs> uh, if you can't remember, no big deal. Of course. We remember. <laughs> I, you're the one who doesn't remember Jonathan Day because it was a cactus. It was a cactus chef, not just a cactus. Oh, it was wow. a cactus wearing a chef hat playing We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel on a flute, not a violin. Oh, Damn it. So embarrassing. Oh, for him. Jonathan. Went to all that effort. I mean, a violin, actually, a violin sounds good too. Mm-hmm. That was a. A bit Conan did a lot in, during the aughts where he'd be like, tonight we're going to do, you know, really trenchant probing, our usual trenchant probing political comedy and not, you know, stupid, silly sophomore comedy that doesn't do anything for anyone. Isn't that right? Cactus chef playing, <laughs> we didn't start the fire on flute. And then we'd cut to that. Yeah. So we had other, th- those were all written by uh, Andrew Weinberg. Who's, okay. He's a very, very funny writer. And, uh. And was he just trying to think of the most? Well, then that was the first one. And we had a giant cactus made Mm -hmm. uh, with its arms up playing a flute. It was fun. It's pretty great. And then, so then he did more. I think there was a DJ. Fidel Castro rabbit. Oh, I have seen that one, yeah. <laughs> right. And then there's like a llama in an iron lung. I, there, there, you know, there were all different, mm-hmm. yes. So he pick, he would pick a an animal or a plant and add a hat. Right. That was kind of his formula. That, playing, oh. Not just uh, the playing animals music. and plants. Oh, there was also an air purifier, <laughs> osc- oscillating air purifier that... Wearing a Slash's hat. Okay. Yes. But the hat is consistent. The hat, yes. There's a hat in it, in every character. Well, anyway, Jonathan Day, I don't even know what your question was, but we talked about your letter. <laughs> What's next? Okay. Uh, hi, Mike and Jesse. I've always wondered about the late night sketch where it turns out the whole show has been an elaborate FBI sting in order to catch Conan's brother. Ah. Did something occur behind the scenes at that time which inspired the sketch? That's Pat from Astoria, New York. Something did happen that inspired the well, sketch. Well, just to clarify, so it's, it is yeah. like an elaborate thing, and at the end of the sketch, they basically tear down the set, all the FBI right. agents tear down the set, yes. roll up the yes. carpet. and Yes, and... and 
the show. It, the, the whole Conan was on the air. The conceit was Conan was on the air for four years solely to <laughs> be an elaborate sting operation to catch his brother, who was wanted by the law. And once, once he showed up to, in the audience, they nabbed him. And yes, as you just said, they undid the entire set and mm-hmm. Conan was left alone and just talked in the to the spotlight. Yes. And the ending to it's great. That was by a, a, a hilarious writer who we've mentioned before in the show, Brian Rich. Oh, yeah. And um, you're saying, did something occur behind the scenes? Yes, something did. And that was, he was paid to come up with comedy ideas <laughs> uh, or not get paid. So he came up with this idea. Uh, and it was everyone's favorite for for a long time. And you know, uh, with Conan, oh, it's such a it's a big swing that yes, actually pays off. Yeah, we're, we're putting a lot of this old stuff back mm-hmm. online, and that is a, cl- a classic that should be. A, I it might be. A, I don't know if it's up yet on Conan Twenty Five, yeah. but we'll look into it. And also um, those non sequitur. The ones we were talking the, about earlier, like Cactus Chef. Yeah. See if those are going The up. Hat Runner. Okay, here's the next one. Oh, hi, guys. Question for Jesse. Mm. Do you want to be the head writer at Conan? Uh. <laughs> I like this. Oh, Wait, wow. who sent this in? It's from our current head writer, Matt O'Brien. <laughs> oh, no. It sounds like he wants out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's from Chris it's Brunner. It's from inside the building. It's coming from inside the building. You'd be uh, a wonderful head writer. Oh, well, that's that's generous. Yes. Um, but you know what? The answer is no. <laughs> no, it's, the, it's, it's an awful, awful job. Well, and I was a head writer once. Oh, right. On I the... was the head writer of The Dish, which right. was... The, a spinoff of The Soup. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a bummer to go from being a writer, which I loved. Right. And it's it's fun to come up with, to be just writing creatively yes. all day. Yeah, and it's then rewarding. It's rewarding. And that's kind of what I got into this mm-hmm. to do. And mm-hmm. then when you become a head writer, it's actually a lot more management. Yes. And it's just administrative. Yes. So you're like. And traffic cop. Yeah, yeah, and you're uh, you're just fielding emails from writers who want to miss a day for right. various reasons. Like oh, that was yeah. most of the job. Yes, no, you have to keep your keep your eye on everything, <laughs> everybody at all times. Yeah, and and, in, and sometimes you add a line to something, and you're like, but you get no no credit, no, no acknowledgement. Yeah, it's it's mostly editing, which also can yes. be fun and rewarding, very but not, rewarding, not as much. And you and no. you take home the job in a way that I mean, I I take this this job home too, right? Of course, but I wouldn't want to do that more than I'm currently doing. Right, like if you don't have something on the show for a couple of days, you can kind of I yeah. used to call it living the grid free lifestyle. Yes, you can <laughs> you can kind of. Relax. You recharge. Yeah, you recharge a little bit. You rejuvenate. Yeah. But, but when you're the head writer, you're always, every, every, every single thing is on you, mm-hmm. and the, the pressure just seems It's bad. Outrageous. Sunday nights are bad. Yeah. And then su- Sunday nights, like, uh, do I, we're screwed tomorrow. Do I ruin everyone's Sunday or just wait till Monday morning? Like, I, yeah. like what's the least worst way to bother everyone? Right. No, and I mean, I, I know you're supposed to... I, I feel bad that I'm not more ambitious, but right. I, I just don't. I, I like my job currently. Yeah, no, it's 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 enough. It's great. Yeah, there's also too much in America. We put too much uh, pressure on always striving for more. Yes, and sometimes y- you have enough. And by we, we we mean our parents. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> without our parents, no one would ever seek oh, a raise. Yeah, that's or true. Yeah, it's just like just wait till they hear the news. Um, uh, what's that? Oh, there's one more. Okay. This one says, Dear Concerned, 
This is Mike at Beotrol. We are manufacturer and exporter of solid surface sheet, tile, slab, countertop, <laughs> bar top with high quality of materials. Here we are attaching some picture of our material used for Decorate Hotel project. Welcome inquiry if you have interest. Thanks. Regards, Mike's son. Okay. Yeah. And, well, thank you, Mike. And uh, you knew our nickname, Concerned. <laughs> This is I No, we great. did. We got a lot of uh, spam messages as well. Oh, we did. Okay. I, w- I, I think we should get back to Mike. I think he's the only person we should respond to. Yes. I would love to see some of their solid I didn't open the sheets. photos of um, the picture of our material for Decorate Hotel Project. I, I wonder what part. Oh, it says bar top. Yes. Okay. So it's ca- oh, countertop <laughs> bar tops. All right. I wonder if he has a nice marble. Well, we use a table when we do this podcast. We do. So he must have we understood could convert our this needs. into a bar and yeah. yeah. I hope he's doesn't get in trouble for sending wasting his time sending <laughs> on the job. On I, the I, wonder, I wonder how many like true crime podcasts are getting letters from Mike's son about <laughs> surfaces. I don't know. I'd like to think it's just us. Right. Well that's a good one to end, I think, yeah, the Q and A on. Just a real downer. <laughs> <laughs> we um, should send him Cactus Chef playing We Didn't Start the Fire <laughs> flute. It's, it seems the appropriate response. It does. I, I feel like both of them were created by bots. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, okay, that's it. Thanks for sending in, and, and then we'll you. let you know when we come back. Right. If we come back. This is oh, our- wait. We can tell you guys to, to help us out, I think. Uh, sure. Click your feet. No, no, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> what do people no, you do? Can, if you want to hear more Inside Conan, uh, you could go on Twitter and tweet at Earwolf. You could tweet at Team Coco. Um, you can whisper things to us when you meet us <laughs> in the street, and we'll pass it on. Uh, if you want to hear more great uh, emails from ma- people who make materials for hotel <laughs> lobbies, I think this is the podcast for you. Or if you want, if you prefer, uh, we just go back and destroy every episode. Yeah, that that's an option, recorded. too. We can do that as well. We, we really want to please you. But either way, tweet at Earwolf about yes. us. Yes. And we hope they just don't read the content yeah, yeah, yeah. of those tweets. Not the destruction part. So we'll let you know if, if we're coming back. Yeah. And, um, and we'll, in the meantime. We're going to Europe. Stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> we like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Kevin Bartelt. Engineered by Will Beckton. Mixed by Ryan Connor. Supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Associate producer, Jen Samples. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross. Jeff team, Ross. Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. Ta-da! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.